Well, today I feel I felt like I was going through my scriptures this couple weeks ago and just reading, and it hit me when I was reading in Mark uh, a scripture from Mark in Mark 4:37 through 40, and it was talking about the disciples in the boat with Jesus, and the storm came. So in Mark chapter 4. Uh, verse 37. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Then he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And that's what got me thinking about my title today is Don't Let Fear Interfere, F-E-A-R, with Faith. Okay? So I was looking through Mark and I thought, wow, if you just take a journey through the whole, any of the Gospels will talk about the uh, miracles and the healings of Jesus, but I decided to go reading through Mark. So, n- noticing the things, take, it, take mind when we read these stories of the events that happened, what was the, um, well, just put yourself in different scenarios, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, so, why do you think he said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Well, when I was reading about that and in my footnote, it was talking about the disciples. They lived with Jesus. They spent time with Jesus. They saw him do all these things and feed the thousands and heal people and everything. And yet when it came to them needing their own help, when it came to them, they underestimated him to apply to their need at the time. And I think that's what Jesus is asking us. So we're going to have a theme throughout this whole thing. It's like, where is our faith? And what causes us to fear? Now, if we look at each of the things, of each of the uh, healings and events here, starting in Mark 1, verse 40 through 41, we're going to go through, through a few of these. I'm trying to go through them quickly so I don't, you know. But it's just interesting how you look at each one in the, uh, what happened. So this is talking about the leper. In 1, 40 and 41, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant, and he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. Be clean. And I looked at that, and I noticed we always think about, he said, if you are willing, But then he said, you can make me clean. So he was asking if he was worthy enough to be, you know, he was unclean. When you're a leper, it was like you were totally ostracized from the community. No one was to even get near you. But yet this man had the faith to believe that he could heal him, that Jesus could heal him with the leprosy and, and all. But Jesus said, I am willing. 
And I think when he was indignant, when he said, when it says Jesus was indignant, it was like, what do you mean if I can or if I'm willing? Jesus is willing. That's the whole theme of this message is he is willing. Do we have the faith to believe? So I thought about the leper. Despite the fear of rejection and being unclean and banned by society, he came to Jesus. And I'm sure that he felt unworthy from all the rejection, from all the scorns from society. But if you think about it, when we come to Jesus, we're all unclean with our sin. We're all unworthy with our sinfulness. And Jesus said, I am willing to make you clean. Now we go to Mark 2, 4 and 5. Okay, let's see here. So this was talking about uh, the crowd was all gathering in, a, in large numbers to a room in a man's house in Capernaum. And some men came bringing a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was lying on. Jesus, when he saw this, he saw their faith. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Here we're seeing the faith of the men that brought the paralyzed man. They didn't take and make an excuse for the crowd. What's well, too busy? He's not able to see us today. We're just going to have to wait another day. They made a way through the crowd and still made a way through the roof to get their friend to come to that place of healing. So they called for action. We're going to see there's always action to faith. They um, brought the man with no excuses because they wanted to bring a friend to Christ. We are able to bring friends and people to Christ if we have the faith to believe and ask them to come to lay hands on them or pray for them or bring them to church, bring them to something, we have that ability. Do we have the faith to believe that we can witness to our friends and bring them to that place of maybe accepting Christ? Or are we fearful to bring that person because of rejection or maybe they won't want to talk to us anymore or something? So, moving on to the next one in about the demon-possessed man in chapter 5. I'm going to skip along here. So, this is talking about when, when they went across the lake to the Gareth, I can never say that, but when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. And this man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons of, the, of his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. So then when uh, if we go to 19, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so 
This is where he sends the, demon, the demons into the herd of pigs, and he sends them off, and they're all amazed and afraid. But then in uh, 19, Jesus did not... Uh, then Jesus was getting into the boat. The man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him, and Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So when we have the touch of God, there's, there's, you can be afraid of the evil forces that can control people. I mean, there are so many evil influences, demonic influences that can hold people in bondage. And with their mind, with addictions, with all kinds of bondage. And yes, when we think about demons and demonic forces, it can be scary, but Jesus overcame that. He is bigger than any demonic force. But I like how he said to go home and tell the people, your own people, what the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. This man was told to go back home, where at other times Jesus said not to go out because his time hadn't come. So he was telling them to go home and tell his family and friends what the Lord has done. There's where our testimony comes in. But isn't it the hardest to tell your own family and friends? Isn't it the hardest to tell people that you go back to and say, hey, look, I have been set free. God has delivered me. Not everyone's going to be happy. Not everyone's going to be like, oh, you're going to leave our group of people that we've been hanging out and doing this and that, and now you're going to do, you're going to follow Jesus, and you're going to tell about your, but that's kind of things that we can face when we want to speak of our testimony. We don't want to be afraid to speak of our testimony. What has God done for us? So each of these miracles or healings, we can see in our lives, we can read about them, but we also need to share our testimony about what the Lord has done for us. So then we go to the issue with the woman of the issue of blood in, in 527. Okay, now, we're going to go back and forth here. Um, this is where we have a, when, when the woman with the issue of blood, she had suffered for many years. I think it was 12, 12 years for this issue of bleeding. And had spent all her money. So everything that she looked to for help failed. Everywhere she spent everything, she put her faith and trusted, this is going to make me well, and that didn't work. This is going to make me well, that didn't work. For 12 years she went through this. But, you know, being with an issue of blood, she was definitely not allowed to be within any reach again, just like the leper. That she was unclean. But there was a crowd of people following Jesus. And I could just picture everyone flocking in. They want to hear about Jesus. They want to see what's going on. Everything's going on. The city's full of streets with people following Jesus. But she's like in verse, when she said, If I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. There's that, if I could do this, I will be healed if I can touch Jesus. And immediately when she pushed through the crowd, her bleeding stopped. And that's when Jesus asked, who touched me? Okay, first of all, she's not supposed to be there. She's a woman and she is having an issue of blood, which says she's unclean, she's not clean, she didn't be anywhere around that. And finally, she says, 
uh, in verse uh, 33. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said, daughter, your faith has healed you. So it took courage for her to even say, uh, it, it was me. After everyone was like, well, who was that? Because Jesus knew something had happened. But in the meantime, if we go back up to uh, verse 21, or I'm sorry, yeah, 22. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So this is happening at the same time where the woman with the issue of blood is happening. And I'm sure he was like, let's go. I need you to hurry up. My daughter's dying. Don't spend any more time here. Let's, you know, wouldn't you be like, I need you to do it. Hurry up. Come with me. But Jesus had uh, already acknowledged the woman. And then all of a sudden, he gets a uh, report in verse uh, 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? And overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Again, because if you get a bad report, it's not good. You know, a lot of things are going to happen that are not good. Like, oh, it's too late. Uh, Your daughter's dead, so don't even bother. Well, there's times in our life when it all looks hopeless, that there is no more hope. It's already finished. There's nothing else that could be done. But Jesus has a way of doing things. (laughs) He's in the business of doing miracles. He's also in the business of restoring. He's also in the business of delivering. He's also in the business of feeding the thousands with, what, four loaves and two couple fish and then five loaves and how many fish. He's able to provide our need. So then we go for another demon-possessed. There's a lot of demon-possessed. There's a few of them. There's like the girl, the boy, the man. I mean, that's terrible, but you know what? We have a lot of strongholds in our lives. There's a lot of things that can hold people bound into these things. And uh, Jesus is the only one that really can set us free from that. So if we go to Mark 9, and that is where we have 921. I'm trying to make these stories a little short so that we can <laughs> not spend too long on it. But Jesus, okay, this is when the, um, let's see, the boy's father brought the boy that had been uh, possessed and was always, the spirit was throwing him into convulsions. And in verse 21, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him, and here we go again. But if, but if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me in my unbelief. I feel like I've said that a few times. Have you ever said that? 
I do trust you, Jesus. I trust that you can do all things. I trust that you're going to have this work out for the good. I trust that I believe that I can get through this and I'll be healed or this will happen. But then, I don't know, but help me in my unbelief. Then we waver back and forth. But I think there again, Jesus is saying, if I can, we have to believe that all things, like he said, everything is possible for those of us who believe. So then we have the blind beggar in 10, 47. We're hopping along. I'm almost done here with that. Uh, 1047. I'll get there. There we go. All right. When they heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he, he began. This is talking about the blind beggar. Okay, he's sitting at the gate every day, day in, day out, same thing every day he's already figured this is my life this is the way it's going to be i can't see i just have to beg and listen to the people around me throwing money or whatever at me and in um 47 when he heard that jesus of nazareth was coming he began to shout jesus son of david have mercy on me and many rebuked him and told him to just be quiet. Shut up. Don't bother him. <laughs> and Jesus stopped and said, when he heard that, he shouted all the more. He didn't give up. He's like, no, help me, Jesus. And Jesus stepped, stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He is calling you. Throwing you your cloak, his cloak aside, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And the big question was that Jesus asked was, what do you want me to do for you? Well, we would think it was obvious. I'm blind. But he wanted, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I believe this blindness was also, we could say we are blind. We don't have the spiritual eyes until we meet Jesus. He opens our eyes to the things that's, that are possible. He opens our eyes to things that are going on in the supernatural that we don't see in the natural. But... He didn't give up by not asking. He, he asked, and Jesus wants us to ask him because he says, well, what do you want me to do for you? And so we think of all these things that happened, and especially, like, well, of course we think of Lazarus. He was beyond. He, his, he started to smell within the tomb, and he came and raised Lazarus. So that was a precursor to what was going to come with when Jesus died and rose again. But I like, in, uh, we're going to skip to Matthew, even though we've been in Mark all this time. Um, in Matthew 14, we, of course we know the, sti the story of Peter. 14.23, <coughs> I mean. I don't know if I said. 14.23. Um, okay. Okay, so starting with 22, though, 
Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And there he was alone. And the boat was already considerable distance and buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And Peter says, Well, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. Now, first of all, before we go any further, they were afraid because they didn't recognize that it was him. So when we start to recognize, it is you, Jesus, that is calling me. Because he said to Peter, come. It takes faith to heed the call of God calling us, come. Come out to me. I'm here. I'm walking out. And so Peter got out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But then when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? And I thought about this. We always talk about, yes, he took his focus off of Jesus and looked at all the the immediate problem, of course, like, uh uh-oh, this is scary. But then I thought to myself, hmm, it's interesting that it takes faith to come to Jesus and step out in faith to follow him, but it takes more faith to continue walking on the water because the first step of faith is saying, oh, come, I will. I trust you. You are the Lord and Savior. But then it takes more faith to continue that walk with him. Because what happens? We see things happening. Then we start to doubt. We think, well, he's not going to answer this prayer. Or I'm being, you know, this isn't working. I, I failed. I sinned again. I turned, did this, whatever it is. It happens. But when it happens and we start sinking, Jesus is the one that reached down and saved us and grabbed us from the pits. So we have to trust him to pull us up when we start to sink. And we don't want to deny our circumstances when things are happening because that's not, faith isn't denying the real situation that we're facing. Faith is recognizing that, but believing and having the faith that God is able. God is able to heal. If you think about, like, all of these people could have had issues that kept them from coming to him for their healing. And uh, in Mark 6, 33 through 6, uh, they were saying, well, isn't this the carpenter? And they took offense at him. He could not do any miracles there in his hometown except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them because he was amazed at their lack of faith. And Jesus asks, um, I think it's in Luke, I forget where it is because I didn't write it down, but Jesus, 
I remember him in the scriptures saying, will I find faith in the earth when I return? Will he find us being able to push through the storms and continue to walk with him and stand firm? Would, he, would we be able to uh, speak out against evil when there's a lot of things saying that evil is good and good is evil? Will we have the strength to speak it out? Will we have the strength and courage to uh, do what is right despite the fact of things that are coming and saying that, no, that's not right? Um, do we have the faith to believe that someone can take you out of bondage or bring a friend out of bondage? Do we have the persistence like the widow that prayed fervently prayer against an unjust judge that didn't even care about God? God can still bring about justice through even the ungodly, which that's my prayer right now. <laughs> I mean, when we see things in really a disarray and again, antichrist spirit in this world right now, Satan is just wanting to put fear on us all the time. He's wanting us to back away and just be quiet just like the blind man. Just be quiet. You don't need to ask for any help because it's already, your, your life's already determined. Are we going to be able to stand up in the face of persecution and still say, yes, I love Jesus? Are we going to say, oh, it's too late to change. It's been this way for so long. I've, I'm a lost cause. Maybe we feel unworthy because we're just, we've been through all kind of things that we've done. Maybe we've been in prison. Maybe we've done terrible things. Maybe we've killed somebody. I mean, these are things that are so much bigger sins. But even though, he can still save those people. Um, so don't let... Fear interfere with believing for a healing. And don't let counting the cost keep you out of the kingdom. Because it does cost something to follow Jesus. It's going to cost us to stand for what is right. It's going to cost us maybe friends and family. It's going to cost us our rights and liberties. And we want to have... Um, the Great Commission be what Jesus wanted, wants us to do. He wants us. We are his hands and feet, so we can't let fear override. So when we get in the boat and we have Jesus in the boat with us, when the storms come, the bad reports, the illness, the divorce, the wayward child, the addiction, whatever it is you can name, we can still have peace with Jesus if he's in the boat. Because he says, why are you doubting? Haven't you seen me do all these other things? We have the record of many miracles from front to back in here. And we have miracles that we've seen in our own lives. We just have to look for them. Like I said before, start looking for all the miracles that we've already experienced in our own lives and we can share them, right? I mean... Just the fact that we're here is a miracle. None of us, I mean, we were all born into sin until Jesus brings us into the kingdom when we come to him and say, yes, 
Jesus, I want you in my life. I am a sinner, and I accept you as Savior and Lord to follow him. The ultimate sacrifice of a miracle is that Jesus took our sin on the cross for all the world. So we have, he's not going to force us to, to choose him. He's standing at the door knocking. It's our choice to open the door and say, yes, come in. And I just want to leave you with this. I want you to think about this. How, well, how would you answer this if Jesus is asking you, what do you want me to do for you? Let's bow our heads. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God. Lord, we have faith and trust in you. We believe you. We know that you are our Lord and Savior, and when you died for our sins, and we are thankful that you call us sons and daughters. But Lord, help us when we waver in our faith, because unbelief causes your heart to break, Lord, because you've done it all for us, and you are willing and you are able. And you say to us, if we do not doubt in our hearts and we say, cast this mountain into the sea, it will be done for us. If we just believe and, and not doubt, and it's in your name that you give us the ability to cry out to you and pray and ask for these things, Lord. Asking, knowing that you are able. Lord, keep us in your, uh, help us to keep focused and not be distracted by the waves and the storms in our life and what's going on around us around us, but Lord, help us to keep focusing upon you, that we can continue to walk and abide with you. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask and pray. Amen.